I think we sent a message today. I think we, we definitely did not take these guys lightly whatsoever. We knew how great of a team they were, obviously. So just trying to do everything we can to stop them. Feels good. I, I I can't emphasize how good St. Joe's is. They, they're a very very good team. They're very physical. Their linebackers are really good. Um, their quarterback played a hell of a game. We got to him. Our defensive line wore him down. But uh, obviously, like I said, it feels really good to come out and to have the second half that we had. So. program win and you know everybody came together we challenged the defense this week uh, you know so everybody was saying that you know they had a chink in the armor and you know they weren't the same defense that they'd always been and you know they made a statement today I mean it's satisfying definitely but I mean Golden State Championship always so this is a nice win finally stayed our claim as number one team but I mean long way to go Everybody and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bully. Happy Halloween or post-Halloween. All um, Saints Day. Well, Pete, another Halloween is come and gone. <laughs> That's Indeed it has. And uh, it was a it was a great week of high school weekend of high school football. We are uh, in the home stretch now. We are we are three weeks, well, four weeks, give or take, but everyone's got about three games or so before the end of the season, and we get to Thanksgiving. We're almost there. The light, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, things just ramping up this week. We found out that Masik, still alive, not dead yet, coming back from a 28-point deficit to beat New Fairfield. We saw FCAC craziness. We saw Staples coming back to life, beating Norwalk 20 to 14, knocking them off and putting themselves back in the race. We saw New Canaan coming back to life. It's like night of the living dead here, Pete. They're coming back to life. Across the board, the only one who didn't, who wasn't dead was Darianne, would put St. Joseph to sleep. Number one versus number two, you heard a little bit at the top of the show. But what's, let's talk about Wilton, the Warriors, talk about coming back to life. A week after beating New Canaan for the first time since 1995, they finally slay their white whale in Ridgefield, 14 to seven. Their first win since I was a senior in high school, way back in the Stone Age. Pete, it once again, I get one versus two, and you got the better game. Go for it. You know what, dude? You can take all the one versus twos. Uh, everything is played into my favor. But what 
What a game. And you know what? Saturday was supposed to suck. Saturday was supposed to be pouring yeah. rain, sideways wind. You know, we're we're talking before, like, oh, both these teams are going to have to run. No one's going to be able to move the ball. It's going to be a disaster. I got my rain jacket on. I got rain pants. I, I look like a gigantic, like, just big ad for REI or whatever that company is. And no free ads. Yeah, no free ads. And the sky's open. Sun and a beautiful, well-played football game by two really good teams. Not a lot of mistakes. Two turnovers. Both came in the fourth quarter for Ridgefield. A handful of penalties, but really, really good defense by both of these teams. I mean, you know, you had two good quarterbacks, two good running games, receivers all around, and the defense is bend. They bent, but they didn't break. And, um, you know, Wilton scored early on a touchdown uh, run by Jake Summer. And then that was really it until the fourth quarter <laughs> when Keller hit Nick Wright for a touchdown. And then Wilton went down, scored again, and Ridgefield went down again, and they held. I, I, it was one of those games where not a lot of offense, but it wasn't boring. You know, every play, every hit, big celebration, a lot of noise was really loud. Wilton's fan base was decked out, filled out. It was huge and loud and packed. Ridgefield traveled really well. It was a really good high school football game. But I will say, when I first got there, I saw the Wilton fans walking in, and they had a uh, tiger head on top of a flag. (laughs) Everyone's stealing Fairfield prep shtick, but... Um, you know, they, uh, uh, it's a heated rivalry. You know, I'm not going to say whether they like each other or don't like each other. I don't really know it that, uh, that there, there's well. There's no love but, lost there. Most yeah, there's, but it was awesome. I mean, I, the weather holding up was really legit because um, it made it better. You, you'd have hated for the weather to play a factor in, in any of the games on Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we found out a couple of years ago, you know, New, New Canaan apparently can't throw in the rain. So, you know, um, <laughs> what they have done against Granite on Saturday if it rained. But, no, it was a great game. And, you know, Wilton was the better team that day. And they were the better team last week. And they are a really, really good team. Yeah. When we'll talk to head coach EJ Denunzio on this uh, week's podcast, we got a little interview with him later and get his thoughts on how the Warriors have been rolling. Man, he is they are three wins away and maybe maybe a little bit of help from getting back to the state champ of state, excuse me, the state tournament for the uh, second time in as many years, which, you know, it took them forever to get there. And they kind of backed in in 2019, played St. Joseph. But now it looks like, you know, you, you, you kind of wish they had one game back. Maybe the, the Notre Dame game where they lost on a two-point conversion. and uh, But but Wilton, look, he's got them rolling. And that's, you know, it's the Wilton we all kind of expected. It's, it's fun. I was talking to Dave Rudin at the St. Joseph Darien game. It's fun to have Wilton kind of in here throwing their name into the hat. Otherwise, it's just the usual suspects. Yeah, you got to trumble in there maybe, which is fun, but... You know, it's nice to get a little bit. We're so tired of Darian, St. Joe, and New Canaan, and maybe even Greenwich, well, you know? Yeah, no, it's always like, you know, I said in our interview with Coach Denunzio, you know, two years ago, it was fun when Wilton got it. You were like, oh, yes, Cinderella. You know, you always get a kick out of that when those teams happen and those teams get to the playoffs. And 
you know, not that we don't root, but like, you know, deep down, it's fun to root for those teams who haven't been there in a while, who are making history. It's a better story. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. It is a better story. And Welton is climbing ever so slowly up the class L rankings. They're sitting in there at number eight right now. It's looking a little bit better than gloom and doom that we were preaching before the season with the CTC teams. The CTC teams have been kind of knocking each other out a little bit. You saw Cheney Tech coming back from their loss to ATI and turn around and knocking off Thames River. They were down 20 to six, won that game 26 to 20. Uh, we saw Northwest United coming back, beating Quinnebog Valley, Jen's team. They are, they've won three straight, knocked Quinnebog Valley off. And uh, now all of them have one loss, and it's not a guarantee that more than maybe more than one gets in. I still think one gets in, but uh, it's looking less and less like that. And other teams like Massic now. Let's talk about Massic for a bit, a little bit. Yeah, we had a big week in the FSAT, but Massic just look utterly lost in the first quarter and change against New Fairfield. We thought New Fairfield was going to have trouble, but Massic down big early. Jason Caswell pulling off a 14-yard Touchdown run. Justin McCormick, the quarterback, busting loose down the right sideline for a 45-yard touchdown run. And then Caswell takes a short pass and goes 66 yards down the left sideline. And oh my goodness, it is 21 to nothing. New Fairfield after one. And then finally, midway through the second quarter, Ryan Fannett collects the 20-yard touchdown pass from McCormick. It's 28-0. Rebels rolling. This is their big win. They get this. They're not quite guaranteed, but it goes a long way in helping them out in Class S where every point counts. Well, what happened? Let's just say Dylan Jackson happened for Masick. Midway through the second quarter, Masick finally off the deck. Jackson throws a, a touchdown pass to Jake Del Piano. They're within 28-7 at halftime, which is a little bit more manageable than 28 points. Third quarter now, and new Fairfield defense doing its best, forcing a couple of big Masick fumbles, but Masick's defense didn't give an inch. Right after a punt, and watch this. Jason Champagne takes a short screen from Jackson, runs into traffic, cuts back across the grain, and goes 57 yards for the score, and Masick is within 14 points with 438 left in the third quarter. Plenty of time. Fourth quarter. And Jackson again finds Del Piano wide open down the right sideline for this 57-yard bomb. It is a seven-point game with seven minutes left. New Fairfield trying to put the game away, electing to go for it on fourth down with just over a minute left. But Massick's defense again with a huge stop with just over a minute left, giving the ball back to Jackson. Goes back the other way, and Fanta nearly picks this one off and puts this one in the bed for New Fairfield, but just can't finish off the play, and Massick, Jackson makes him pay. Hucks this great pass to Ryan Sacker to midfield. Then he looks over the middle for Del Piano, who can't get out of bounds, so Jackson moves up to spike it at the 40. Finally, Jackson finds the one guy we haven't talked about, Nick Saku. The senior who started the season at quarterback and has now given away to Jackson comes up with a massive touchdown, leaping over two defenders and Massick within one measly extra point of tying New Fairfield. Well, Coach Steve Christie said he never had a doubt he was going to go for two, and why not? Massick had all the momentum, and of course, they go to Del Piano, who runs it in for the winner. Wow. Massick completes the 28-point comeback, and Jackson 
What a night for the junior quarterback. Completed 19 of 29 passes for 385 yards and four touchdowns. Whew. But I mean, everyone had a great game. The second half, everyone, everyone ate. And we just, oh, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I can't even talk. <laughs> I got to ask what it was like when you were running and that ball was in the air for that final touchdown. No, I've dreamt about a moment like this since I was little. And the ball, I said, I told my quarterback I was going to run a post. I saw the one high safety, I thought I was going to moss him. The ball was up in the air, and I was like, there's no way anybody else is catching this but me. You know, I'm kidding. Like, wow, that's God right there. It was a great team effort. You know, Dylan over there threw some great balls to me. You know, the line opened up a big hole for me at the end. You know, it was a great team win. That's twice now in the last three weeks that a team has rallied from 28 points down to, uh, to win. We saw Morgan and uh, Drew Nye do it two weeks against two weeks ago against SMSA, and this week, wow, unbelievable! I mean, I, 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 unbelievable! I mean, that's we've seen so many teams go down by that much, pack it in, go through the motions, yeah, go home. It's usually it's one <laughs> score p away from being a being a running clock, running clock. In the second half, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, just when you think it's yeah. just yeah, just when you think you know someone. <laughs> I mean, just that's amazing for Massic. And you know, obviously, I'm sure they weren't paying attention to other scores around the state, but you know, may if they make the playoffs, they're gonna look back at that game and I mean that was it. I mean that if they get in at eight and two. Yeah, they deserve I mean, it. It's got a long, yeah, long road. Sure. To, yeah, long road to hoe there because yeah, Cheshire lurking, Hand is still lurking, Fitch is lurking, Quinnipaug and Things River not done yet. Neither Cheney Chain, Tech, you know, Weathersfield way down there, and uh, you know the, the teams that are going to get in here are probably going to be are obviously going to be St. Joe Maloney. Maloney's got a big game against Hall this week. Then he got Windsor, which I don't see them losing the rest of the way, even though they got Berlin and Newington left, and then you have Naugatuck, which showed up and beat Holy Cross a game that I'm just. I just don't get it. You know, I saw some of the highlights of that game going on and, uh, you know, Chris Anderson getting all fired up for his, uh, for his Greyhounds and that, that game. But look, uh, you know, I thought Holy Cross was the second best team in the league, at least now it's like, I don't know who's the second best team, but that's a fascinating class. And you always say it, but uh, you know, uh, the class L is looking a little nicer now before it was just like, well, man, we're going to have three tech teams in here. And now it looks, it's looking a little bit more competitive, but St. Joe, Clearly, the odds on favor to win that class. But speaking of uh, the the where it's at, Pete is actually class double out. And we had a you know we had a few interesting results. First of all, Staples beating Norwalk, uh, you know, rallying from that Huge. game, they took it to him early, and then weathered the storm, took the lead twenty to fourteen, held off Cam Newton and the guys. But that's a big win by the Wreckers, who got smoked. If you remember, just a month and change ago to Chesh. And now they're what's back. the Norwalk? What's the Norwalk running back's name? Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Edwards. Did I say Cam Newton. <laughs> Cam Newton. If you guys don't remember, Heisman Trophy winner, yeah, first yeah. overall pick in the NFL draft. No, and that's a great win for Staples. I mean, they are they are back in the mix. I, look, they have Ridgefield and Greenwich to finish up in two of their last three games. So, but it looks like they're in control of what, you know what I mean? Like they're in control of their own destiny. And um, I mean, good for coach Adam Barron's, you know, Ryan Thompson and the guys, and that's a huge win for them. Norwalk's got Wilton, Darian. It's got Darian Wilton the rest of the way. I mean, that is not easy for the bears. Big guy in that game was George Engels, 17 tackles, two and a half sacks, five and a half tackles for a loss. 
and a forced fumble. He was just ridiculous for the Wreckers. And that was just, that's a big, big win for them. Cause they were, we basically wrote them off. But uh, so Staples now sitting there at number eight in class double L another big game that we saw on Friday night was West Haven, which, you know, let's be honest with West Haven. They, they had a few subpar years. They dropped down to sec tier two, which frankly needs to be, it's a joke that there's no three tiers in the sec. This, this thing where we give a lot of these class up, these, these big schools a pass because they haven't had a great, great year. I totally don't agree with it. West Haven should have a better schedule than this. But as it is now, um, they had their biggest win of the year against Notre Dame West Haven in a game that, you know, Notre Dame was obviously favored to win it, but uh, dueling turnovers early. But the second one by Notre Dame, Matt Dakota, the quarterback, the great quarterback, the guy who's going to make this team go, gets dinged up, gets carried off off the field. It's the second recovery from, from Jermaine Galloway of West Haven and Amir Nakomi had a great game for the Westies. Scores here, scores another touchdown, and West Haven took a 21-6 halftime lead on a 19-yard run by Devin Robinson. The Green Knights tried to hang in there with Anthony Young at quarterback. His touchdown run tied the score at 6-6 early, but the Green Knights just couldn't score again, and even Coach Joe DiCaprio agreed that his team was just deflated without their leader at quarterback. And after Notre Dame turned the ball over on downs late in the fourth quarter, West Haven's Avian Evans bolts 82 yards to put West Haven up 27 to six. And that might've been that, but Notre Dame scored a pair of touchdowns late with a little trickery, including a hook and lateral with about 26 seconds left. But West Haven, thank God, because I'd put my camera away, recovers the onside kick to win this one, 27 to 20 inches. They were all fine. Pete, it was like they won the Super Bowl. It was for the Soderman Trophy, which is great. They haven't really had much to celebrate West Haven over the years, but they do. They have won this game quite a few times, but uh, winning this was like, forget about state playoffs and all that stuff. West Haven was fired up to win this game. And then you had Joe Hawkins with a big play late to keep Notre Dame off the board. And, uh, and then, you know, there he is uh, kissing the trophy. And they were taking pictures, and it was like, you know, if West Haven gets in the playoffs or not, whatever, they beat Notre Dame. They're all fired up. And here's, uh, here's West Haven coach Rich Boucher on the big win. He remembers every single one of them in his 41 years. What does it mean to get this? I mean, I know you had that the one year, and then you're off last year, but four times in the last five games you've played to win. I mean, what does that mean for you guys? Uh, personally, to these kids, it means a lot. You know, it's a crosstown rivalry. You remember your Notre Dame games forever. This is my 41st Notre Dame-West Haven game, if you include when I played. And I can tell you what happened in every single one of those 41 games, both the losses and the wins. And we're very proud of our record against them. They're a good team, a good program, and we do uh, a good job against them. Losing to Hamden, we realized that he knows a dogfight. He came down to OT, but we had to find a way to win. You know, we took a couple L's in the past few years to some of these teams, and we knew that coming out here, we wanted it bad. Like we wanted it really bad. We, we had a goal. Our goal was to make it to states, and that's what we we're fighting for. And now it's really hard. These teams, but we're gonna get, we're gonna do it. We got this. No, I mean it was unfortunate. We lost our quarterback in the second series of the game. It changed the whole you know complex of our offense. Our whole entire offense you know changes with Anthony. Young in. We're more of a sprint team. 
I thought he played super well. I thought our offensive line played really well. We had to change all of our calls when uh, Matt Picota went out of the game. Uh, you know, defense, we missed a few tackles. We knew exactly what we're going to do, and we didn't line up correctly. And I, I give my hats off to them. You know, they took it to us a little bit. Um, but we fought back. Our team will never quit. And, you know, I'm upset for our guys that we didn't get to play with our full squad. So West Haven kind of gets back in here a little bit. And then you saw another, another big game on Friday night with Shelton hanging on to beat Newtown in a kind of a chippy game there, huh, Pete? Yeah, it was, um, I think uh, tempers were high in that game. Uh, there was a lot to play for. I mean, Newtown was playing for their playoff lives. Now they're with three losses. They are uh, going to be hoping that a lot of teams lose in front of them. Yeah. Uh, and for Shelton, you know, to improve the seven and one, uh, you know, we talked about it on the Pick'em pod, but the Shelton revenge tour is in full motion. The gals sit at seven and one currently in a playoff spot in the top 10 of the poll. They're good. You know, we talk about Santiago, we talk about, you know, Tyler rich and, you know, the big guys, uh, Weiner and Lakovich, uh, on defense, but Rosa, the kicker. Yeah. He is awesome. I mean, he's a kid. He, you know, they went up six nothing. You know, having that, having those extra points, yeah, they couldn't get in the end zone. They were still able to come away with points. Is such a weapon. Uh, he had three field goals in the first half, including a forty-three yarder, with no time left in the half into the wind. I mean, to be able to, to be able to send a guy out there in a close game and give you those points. I mean, they won by three. I mean, that comes down to the kicking game. You know, they, if they would have they would have left those first two drives without any points, they would have lost by three. You know, like, or it would have been tied. Like, having a guy like that makes them so dangerous if they can get there. And uh, their passing game looked a lot better than it has earlier. And the defense is so good. I mean, Lakovich, he comes up here with, uh, with the fumble recovery at the end. I mean, Newtown went and scored immediately after. Yeah. Uh, to make it a three-point game. But, I mean, it was such a big momentum part of that game. But, you know, there was some chaos um, in the game at one point. It looked like Shelton was going to go in for a touchdown. From my angle, it looked like he crossed. He, like, reached the ball out. And uh, the ball goes into the end zone. A Newtown player picks it up. And if you watch the video, he just kind of, like, walks out of the back of the end zone, which should be a touchback. And the refs come together and they rule it a safety. Wow. (laughs) It was just, it was just chaos. It was like in my head, knowing football, right. You know, the rules of football was like, that was either a touchdown or a touchback. No way should it have been a safety. The refs conferred, said it was a safety. Then they conferred again, ruled it a touchback. Two plays later, Newtown's in the end zone. Three plays later, Newtown's in the end zone. And you're like, "Uh uh-oh, like, here we go. Like, you know, everyone's kind of on edge and, and everything like that. But Shelton rallied. I mean, they could have put their heads down and been like, this isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. But they rallied. They came back and they won. And now you're, you are you know, they're going into a great game next week against Fairfield Prep and what I call the de facto SEC championship game. Yeah. Get your tickets great now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pack that place. Shelton, you brought up a good point about Shelton. Shelton a couple of years ago might have been like whining and crying about that. Now, yeah. maybe now this is like, you know what? Put it, put it behind you. Good for them coming back on that one. And now yeah, you and and, and Mike DeFelice, Coach DeFelice, uh, friend of the program. Uh, he tweaked his calf on one play on the sideline. He was yeah. pretty animated. Um, he hurt Jeff his calf. Roy? So he was, 
Yeah, he uh, he made sure to point that out immediately before I started interviewing. He's like, I'm just letting you know, like this isn't like when Coach Roy blew out his knee. Which was he's like, I just, you know, I tweaked the I think that was against bit. Fairfield Prep. Now, if I remember correctly, I don't. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. It might have been against Fairfield Prep, like in 2007. Yeah. Mike was like waddling around. He looked like he was like walking like a penguin. I'm like, what is going on? So <laughs> Bill, 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 Bill blocks my coworker. He's like, Coach, are you okay? He's like, actually, I think I pulled my calf uh, on the sideline. <laughs> So, I mean, Shelton looks good. That was the first time I saw them this year. Um, I'm very excited for that game against Prep next uh, this Friday. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, it's going to be our game of the week, the game time CT game of the week. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, both Fairfield Prep and Shelton are in good spots here in Class Double L. You know, both with one loss. Fairfield Prep, uh, six and one. Fritz Shelton is now seven and one because the we learned over the weekend that Derby, is going to forfeit the remaining five games on his schedule, which is, you know, this season aside, we always, it, Shelton was going to win that game anyway. But the fact that Derby is packing it in for the season, I think for the first time ever, packing in the season, um, they've been playing since, you know, the first world war. They've been paying, playing for a hundred years and change. And they've been playing that Shelton rivalry game for a hundred something. We can't, we don't know one quite knows because back then you didn't know what was a varsity team. What was they had the junior team? They had the senior team. It was just, it's chaos. We, it's ended. They've played anywhere between 110 times and 120 times. They, they, Shelton seems to think it's 120, which maybe they're being a little generous, but the point is that we're losing. We're probably going to lose this rivalry for good. I think it's over. Uh, the fact that, that, uh, you know, it needed to get to this point where they had to, it took Derby needing to close down the season because of safety, uh, th- this rivalry is not a rivalry anymore. Derby's a change town. Shelton's a change town. Things are different. I think it's just not, unless Derby wants to co-op with a bunch of teams, even then, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a good spot for them to be playing Der- Shelton anymore. And, and that's a shame, but uh, you know, kind of speaks to where we are right now. It's really disappointing. Anytime you see something like that happen and, you know, Derby is such a story program. I don't remember any of it because it was way before I my do. time. But, you know, hearing you, Sean Parker, Joe Morelli kind of talk about those great derby teams and all that success. I and mean, they have a new 20 million, 30 million dollar facility facility that unfortunately is going to go unused. Well, at least um, for the rest that of this kind season. of stinks. Yeah, at least for the rest of the season. But you, know, <clears throat> you look at the double L points <clears throat> now and I didn't even notice this. You know, Shetland is seven and one now because they, you know, Derby has officially forfeited all the games. The points are calculated for those games already. Shelton at seven and one is sitting behind Fairfield Prep and Canaan, who are six and one. Yeah. So that game wasn't really going to help them anyway, which is a shame. And, you know, maybe going forward now, Shelton will get a new Thanksgiving rivalry. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who it would be. I don't know what well, it would be. I know be. Xavier's got. You know, they're not they they just picked up class in Mary. I wouldn't have a problem with them. You know, here, actually, here's here's what I, what I would do, Pete. I would do Shelton versus West Haven and prep versus Xavier. What do you think? Yeah, changing those up. I mean, because West Haven prep is never it's always been a marriage really. of convenience. You don't like that? Yeah. No, I'm saying I don't like prep West Haven. Yeah, I just, like that better. I like prep prep Xavier. You know, the, the holy war on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then uh, I went to Catholic high school. I can say that. And, uh, you know, and then you get Shelton West Haven, who were two good SEC programs, you know, fighting it out on, on Thanksgiving, yeah, whether it's at Finn Stadium yeah. or Ken Strong. I mean, that's great. 
I mean, I understand the Green Bowl has all that history. I just, I, I love the inner town rivalries. Like West Haven, Notre Dame, West Haven on Thanksgiving would, would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, if the McDonough twins listen to this, I think they'll kill me if I even bring up getting rid of the Green Bowl. Not that I, that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, I, I just like those inner close rivalries. Like, like Wilton Richfield was this week. Like, no love loss between those towns. You know, when you drive past, when you leave Wilton High School tour towards the highway, the first right you make is this big sign that says Ridgefield, right? Like, they're right there. I love that. That said, Shelton obviously needs to do something, and I think what you're proposing is a really good idea. Let's let's do that. Let's get Shelton official, official meat grinder statement. We, the meat grinder podcast, officially um, support moving Shelton to play West Haven on Thanksgiving and Fairfield prep to play Xavier starting next season. End statement, Pete Pogaga, Sean Patrick. Yeah, right. There it is. It's official. You know, Shelton has been burned by having Derby out of the SEC. Remember, they were, they were a Houstonic League rival for many years. Won state championships as early as, you know, as, early as 1990. Um, was always competitive. You know, I, my first game I ever covered for the register back in 1999 was Dan Orlovsky as a junior. And uh, Kofi Wilson beating up on Derby. But Derby was always right in there, man. Uh, it was actually, it wasn't the Thanksgiving. It was the night after Thanksgiving because they got rained that night in 99. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, it, well, best wishes to Steve Banner and the, everyone at Derby. We, we, you know, we help you guys come back. They're going to try and do a, a, a kind of a scrimmage schedule. And, and their full intention is to come back as a varsity program. We certainly hope, hope that happens. So getting back quickly to the 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 class double O standings and what happened in the FCAC last week, you know, we have obviously Shelton versus Fairfield prep coming up this week. All right. So that's a big game. New Canaan got off the deck beating up on a, a Greenwich team, which has started to roll. The old Greenwich got beat up by Shelton started to come back, you know, beat Fairfield prep 14 to seven, you know, they were rolling. They beat up on Trumbull. That was a huge win. You're thinking, all right, this is the Greenwich team we know about. Well, new Canaan, we, everyone basically wrote off after they, Almost lost to Norwalk, and then they lost to Wilton 20-14 to 14 the week before. Basically, everyone was like, New Canaan's not good. Well, they figured out what their strength was, and they took a page from the Shelton book, decided to hit the ground running, literally. 62 running attempts and 300 and, what was it, 308 yards. They just ran Greenwich over. Even the defense played great. They had Chad Russo was just all over the field. He had a few sacks and just that. He was just a monster for them. And the only thing Greenwich could get is a punt return touchdown by your guy, Galata. He's he's unbelievable. I I know they lost. I just I can't stress how good of a player he is and how he doesn't get talked about enough. He is so damn good. And it's, he had the punt return against St. Joe's as well. I would put the ball in his hands a hundred times. Yeah. Well, but that's they, me. That's they couldn't, I'm they couldn't score coach, on though. offense. They could not score on offense against New Canaan. New Canaan, you know, 62, car- 62 carries, which is, you know, the exact opposite <laughs> of every Lou Marinelli team since the spread offense became a thing. Remember, this is a team that had Michael Collins throwing like nine touchdown passes in a game not too long ago. And uh, but when they need to do it, Lou is more than happy, apparently. To go back, as Scott Erickson said, go back to 1994 and run, 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 baby. And they ran over Grinch and ran Grinch out of their own building in a, in a pretty big win. They, they got they got Ludlow left. They got Ward left. 
that really put Buchanan in a good spot to qualify, even if they did lose to Darianne on Thanksgiving. So a big win for them. Uh, I was shocked. I picked Greenwich. I thought Greenwich was rolling. I did not have any faith in Buchanan. And sure enough, there they are. Cognetta, Russo, the guys. Great. That was a great win. And, uh, and there we are with class double LP. It's just, I it's- mean, look, it's, it's going to be interesting because New Canaan, first of all, hasn't lost like back-to-back games. I went all the way back to like 2004. I couldn't find the last time they lost back-to-back regular season games. And, you know, that Darian game is always such a toss-up. I mean, you look the last, let's say, look the last four years, New Canaan had Drew Pine, right? He started on Thanksgiving. New Canaan, Darian had to be the favorite in what, three of the four or all of them? Pretty much. They were the favorite 19. They were winning state championships. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like that game is always such a toss up. So if Darian goes in nine and one, nine and oh, New Canaan goes in eight and one, like we could see a flip in the standings. Yeah. If New Canaan can pull it off and go nine and one. I, I mean, again, I, I think I picked New Canaan last year because I drew Pine. Like that's was really the only reason why I picked them. He was two and one against him, lost to him his freshman year. Um, so Darian, I don't think Darian's won the Thanksgiving game against New Canaan in three years. As you are saying, Pete, Darian New Canaan a very much a toss up. I mean, you could even see New Canaan maybe win that game. You know, if all breaks right, I I, <laughs> I don't know. This Do we have? I mean, look, Hall's got Maloney. Let's say Hall loses to Maloney, goes seven and one. Darianne goes nine and one. New Canaan goes nine and one. Shelton or Prep goes nine and one. I mean, I don't know how to do the math, but who is number one? I, I mean, that's going to be, you know, the fight for the number one spot. Obviously, it's going to come down to Thanksgiving, but there's a lot. I mean, you're looking at West, and then you're like, well, if they win all three games, or the rest of their four games, that includes a win over Fairfield Prep. Whew. Yeah, I don't want to dive too I far ahead. Really to, I tried to dive into this, Pete, and uh, with the new point system, adding the schedule strength of schedule points, I, I don't know where, quite where to start. I think this week is where the, the week where people who are better at this math than I am uh, are you're going to start seeing some qualifiers, at least from the undefeated teams, you know, like you're, you know, like like Darianne, which came up with a huge win over St. Joseph. Uh, this week, you know, number one versus number two is the game of the week. We thought we were, we were going to see a classic showdown, and it was all Darianne. St. Joseph, you know, maybe a little bit banged up as, as we all feared, but, you know, Maxwell Warren played, and, uh, you know, he was all fired up to get out there. But great catches by by Matt Minicus. He also had Brandon Hutchinson with a nice catch with 7-7 early, but then the, the turnover started piling up, and you had pressure from Ivanchek and the defensive line and the linebackers and the defense showing up. And, uh, you know, Darian takes the two touchdown lead late in the first half. They go up 21 to seven. And after kind of like a kind of a meh third quarter, we're still kind of feeling each other out. St. Joseph finally gets within one again on a fourth and just prayer pass from Morrissey to Hutchinson who played great. And uh, it was, uh, it was, 21 to 14 early in the fourth quarter. Anything can happen. Well, Miles Drake, who was brilliant, by the way, hits Jeremiah Stafford for a 70 yard touchdown just two plays or so later. And just like that, wide open. And just like that, Darian up two scores again. And that was it. St. Joseph just didn't have the horse to get back into it. 
You had Minicus wide open, a 29-yard pass from Drake, and then they went to their boy, our boy, Ty Kamiski, to put the game away. 42 to 14. Uh, I didn't think that was going to be it. I don't think anyone, even Darian, didn't think it was going to be that much. But uh, they know now, and they I, they wanted to send a message to everybody, especially the state coaches who are voting, all voting St. Joseph, who their number one team in the state is. If there was any debate on who is number one, who is number two, I guess you feel like you answered it today? Yeah, I guess. Well, you know, uh, thank you to, uh, you know, the guys who write, because you guys were calling us number one and the coaches out there. That's off to you. <laughs> we got names and numbers now. On it. It's a nice game. Thank you. But is this a- so you think you convinced the coaches? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't do it, then I don't know. <laughs> well, they're good. You know, they're, they're, they're number one for a reason. Uh, you know, they, they uh, we, you know, we pulled back to 21-14, and we felt good about that right there. And then this kid running down the field uh, by himself, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's like, what the heck happened? And, and uh, you know, you can't have that stuff in a big game. And then you turn around, happens again. It's like, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, game's over. Joe Delvecchio was a little, a little despondent afterwards and actually apologized for not showing up. He, I was like, we walked away. He goes, you know, sorry, couldn't give you a better game. But they got burned by the, the, the three touchdowns just wide open, especially the last two, right after they got within 21 to 14 and uh you know i joe i feel yeah it was good up until that point you know what's gonna what are you gonna do you know sometimes just games like this get away from you i was not surprised that darian won um i was surprised by how big they won uh and i you know i think that's a credit to darian look they were the preseason number one i think we all had an idea of how good they were um but hey Miles Drake, man. Whoo. Yeah. 11 touchdowns in the last, last two, two games. He could play, you know, for Darian, it's the first time they really have that difference maker at quarterback since, you know, I think maybe Timmy Graham, maybe. Um, a guy who can throw them back in a game, a guy who puts up numbers and, you know, it, seeing Darian the last couple of years, anytime they were down, it was very hard to see them either put teams away if they couldn't do it on the ground or throw themselves back into games. And uh, Mazrick's good, you know, in a year where we're looking around the state for a really good quarterback. Yeah. You know, yeah. someone know. who's seen, the best quarterback in the state. Some homework from if you guys uh, want to tweet at us or something like, you know, we're looking. I mean, at, I've you know, seen I, he's up there. Yeah, we've seen. I haven't seen Darian yet. I, I need to make that a point of mine to go see Darian soon. But I've seen some really good quarterback performances this year, but not consistent play and uh, I think I need to go see Darianne. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I need to see Darianne. I need to see Miles Drake play. And that's not even bringing up, you know, Ty Kaminsky, yeah. who's just a monster. You know, this isn't uh, like, you know, 2017 or you know, whatever it was, or 18. Yeah, it was 2018 when we had Will Levis and David Summers, you know. Will Levis, we made first, second team and <laughs> wasn't happy about it, but uh you know, now he's just, you know, crushing it up to the college level. And uh, so, well, you know, what are you going to do? It's an imprecise science, but uh, we're talking about high school here. And uh, right now, looking around the state, I don't see anybody who jumps off the page, you know, other no, I than, think, you know, other than Miles Drake or, you know, might, might be one or two other guys. There. Yeah, but like even the last couple of years, we had these guys, we had these quarterbacks who were going to play at the next level at a high level. I mean, you said Levis Summers, we had Pine. We had, you know, Phoenix Billings was really good, putting up really great numbers at hand. 
you know, we had these quarterbacks where you were like, oh, these guys, you know, Gavin Muir. How do we completely forget our boy Gavin Muir? Oh, yeah. um, you know, there were just such great quarterbacks. And this year we're kind of looking around like, who's the guy who's going to step up? Who's the guy who's, who's going to, you know, put himself in that race for the quarterback on the All-State team uh, for us? And, yeah, I don't know. You know, Miles Drake is doing a really good job. That's all I'll say. As expected, Darianne is the consensus, unanimous, number one team in the state, all 22 votes, first place votes. They are 7-0. and And St. Joseph doesn't drop far, as they shouldn't have. They should be the number two team in the state. They've beaten basically everyone else except the number one team. I think that's a fair statement right now. I'm surprised they're still there. Yeah, I you're usually the one who's too. like, how do you drop them? And, they did, good, they, did, they did good here, the voters. They did good this week. They did good this week. New Canaan loses to Wilton. We drop them all the way from three to, what, seven? Mm. <laughs> St. Joe's loses to Darianne. It's like, ah, you know what? Good job, guys. You can say, I mean, Newtown played better against Darianne. It fell right down the pole when they lost to, uh, to Darianne. But it was good that St. Joe's is at number two. That's where they should be. They are the favorites to win Class L and win their fourth straight state title. You know, unless something happens, if Darian loses early in the playoffs, you know, I think that's the only way that St. Joe's could be number one. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if Darian loses, I think St. Joe's have a good shot if they run out. Anyway, number three, New Canada, as you mentioned, number four, Hall, which just continues to win. Glastonbury didn't put up too much of a fight as, as Hall used to, but, you know, Matt Farber and, you know, Eli Solomons and, you know, and Leo Pereira, it's just, they have a big game coming up this week, Pete. And uh, I guess a team that's not even in the rankings, if you look at it, you're not even in there. Maloney with a big win a couple weeks ago against Xavier, and they're rolling now. Yeah, Maloney is rolling. 84 points in the last two games. Their defense hasn't allowed more than – has their defense has allowed 20 points or more once this year. Um, Hall has allowed 190 points. I, I just – I know they're seven and zero, and I know they're the number four team in the state, despite what I think. Um, but what I will be interested to see, because I'm confident that Maloney wins this game. I said it on the Pickham Spot. I'll say it on this one. I'm confident that Maloney wins this game. How far does Maloney jump up in the poll if they win this game? Well, they should jump in. The- That's well, no, no. But they're. I think if Maloney beats Hall, they will be in the top ten. But how far up? Do they go well, beating the number four the team in the state? I mean, I think Hall's a little high here. Let's be honest. Our Hall has been that. high all year. Okay. I think Maloney gets in there at least number seven. At least. I think. I think. Because Prep, Shelton loser's, gonna, Prep Shelton loser's going to drop, right? Mm-hmm. But are they higher than that? Maybe. Maybe well, they are up in Where seven. does Southington go? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Southington beat Maloney, but lost the Hall. Here. Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> I can't even think about it. Pete. Anyway, Fairfield Prep is number five. Shelton is number six. They're playing this week. Big one. Wilton squeaks. I can't remember the last time Wilton's number is ranked. There might have been one time, but I can't remember. Uh, you know, maybe a preseason poll. I doubt it. Anyway, Greenwich still can't, won't go away. Greenwich, three losses, still in the top ten. But you know what? That's fine for me, at least. Because one of them is New Cannon. They also lost to... Shelton, which is in there, they beat Fairfield Prep. Um, so, and then you know they beat Ridgefield, which is now falling out a bit here. But uh, you know, and then obviously St. Joseph, and they lost to them too, the number two team. You know, and uh, I have no problem with that. And then Southington, eh, eh, 
all right, number nine, then killing me in there at number 10, whatever. Uh, you know, and then Ridgefield just falling out. Noah Walk is falling out. The FCX, not as dominant here, but let's be honest, the FCX is where it's at this year. We all knew this was going to happen. They all have to play each other. Yeah. Don't tell Al Carbone because he gets really upset when you talk about the FCX too much. He's yes. chirping at us. Chirping at us. Ah, yeah. Your favorite league. Yeah. And hey, man, get no. five. We don't get teams. any. We don't get any. We don't get any retweets on our SEC stories anyway. Yeah, so. that's all right. You know, I went to see West Haven and Notre Dame and I got, you know, I got oh, maybe I won't go to the FCX, SEC teams. Anymore. I don't <laughs> know, man. I don't have to tell you. But uh, all right. Here to talk about St. Joseph and. Darian is our columnist. Jeff Jacobs joining us right now. What did you get out of St. Joe, Darian? Well, I was uh, surprised by the, by the final score. Uh, they whooped them on offense. They whooped them on defense. Uh, they game planned a, a weakness on uh, uh, when they spotted the safety biting down too hard. Hit three long, wide open passes and a fourth one that was essentially wide open. And uh, they uh, they dismantled them. They left no doubt who should be number one right now. And in the process, I'm thrilled because it makes that Class L uh, race and the, into the playoffs and number one overall uh, still in play because I know Wilton's in L, but uh, I was afraid that if St. Joe's won Saturday, they'd waltz to number one and all the argument would be left for who's number two. So everything's in play now, so I love it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. You made that point, and I kind of throw, threw it in there in the column I wrote for, sun, or for Sunday for Monday. But basically that now the focus goes on the double L, which is kind of a mess. Lots of great teams are all kind of beating each other up. We have Fairfield Prep, Shelton this week coming up. And uh, I think Darian winning that game and kind of putting the onus on class double L to prove that they have the number one team in the state. Otherwise, I think if, if Darian loses, I think St. Joe can, by winning a state championship, can get, get, get back into the picture maybe if they go undefeated, but uh, I mean, because they go undefeated, I don't think anyone's going to go number one, somebody else, like a, a one loss double L right. team, unless it's Hall. I, I will say this, uh, David Ivanchik is very much real and very much one of the top players in the state should be in any, any discussion for MVPs of the year. Uh, the uh, quarterback wide receiver combination uh, of Mr. Drake and Mr. Minicus is uh, uh, they've been together since the sixth grade is proving devastating. Uh, they got eight TD hookups in the last two games and are, are, uh, are really, it, it was funny listening to them saying that Avantic uh, uh, talk about how uh, the, the year off and the uh, private league kind of kept Minicus a secret, which there's so many Minicus uh, bloodlines in Darien. It's hard to keep yeah. any Minicus a secret, but I was evidently... like, yeah, I was <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think we all know about the Minicus even if, you know, if you, you hear about one Minicus, you Minicus, you've heard them all. Like, and and right. there's no shock to me that he was good. I mean, I don't know about the rest of the FCX. Maybe they were sleeping, but certainly I would. I don't know about you, but yeah. Uh, and uh, Ty Kaminsky continues to be a truck as a running back. The defensive, the defensive line kept Morrissey on the run all day, made him uncomfortable and threw three picks. Uh, so St. Joe's is like, they're better than they played Saturday. But uh, for now, they got whooped big time. Well, here's the I major question. Here's the question, Jeff. Who'd you vote number two this week? I voted Hall. Oh. And I don't think they're the number two team in the state, but I'm voting. I did exactly what I promised I wouldn't do when I came in this this fall was, was vote, uh, uh, you know, like just because they're undefeated, 
that I move any team, not just particularly any team all the way up, but I did it anyway. Uh, I just got fed up with uh, keep on voting Greenwich so high. I, my joke about myself is, is they lose any more games, I'm going to have them number one. So I just, I slid everybody down and put Hall down there. And I, I moved Wilton up to number seven. Well, okay. Well, That's I sort mean, of where. At, at this point, in, I looked at my ballot and I was like, Darian, and then I kind of was just like, oh. <laughs> You know, it's just kind of a mess. Yeah, so this, I, I, I characterize it as a uh, as uh, uh, the traffic on I-95 at 6 o'clock on a Friday, the FCAC, except for Darien. They're getting the uh, yeah, police they're, escort in the, uh, in in the, the breakdown button. lane. But, uh, every, yeah, so you could make arguments uh, all the way around. You know, Norwalk's dropped. He's got to drop down now. You know, Shelton's got to move up. Uh, they're not in the uh, uh, FCAC, but uh, that Fairfield Prep uh, is moving up. So, I don't know. It's it's I like Darian. I've liked them all along, and maybe those coaches will finally start listening to us, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, great points about that. Uh, just to switch gears a little bit, you know, you wrote a column that kind of got buried under the Friday uh, glare a, a bit, but something that no less important that we really should be talking about here. We're going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, you talk about all the the city schools this year and how how they're just not. I mean, the pandemic really seems to have really hit them hard and. You know, they were already struggling and, and it's just it, it really has not been a great year for some of the city schools all over the state, you name it. But, uh, you know, what did you come up with that, Jeff? And what do you think the solutions are? Yeah, I, I talked to uh, I talked to uh, coaches from Hartford, Bridgeport, New Haven. I wanted to go to the heart of, you know, of, of the matter. And the guys, Harry Bellucci, and Coach Santiago and um, uh, Coach Aquavita in uh, New Haven, uh, overcross they were really good uh yeah you, you hit one thing right on the head the, the uh, pandemic uh made it much worse for them you, it, it's a matter of consistency with those kids keeping them involved uh so many of them are working now more than they had so many of them are going home to watch their younger siblings as their as their moms are watching uh are, are working double shifts uh so not having them involved for a year it really hurt them but you know there's there's just a lot of problems and talking to uh uh coach santiago in, in bridgeport i mean he talked about just feeding the kids making sure they had, they had enough to eat at, at a practice and uh uh, I mean, there's there's myriad troubles, and, and I think one of the conclusions I came away from, like in Hartford, their their uh, midget programs and youth programs are kind of in shambles. The other the other two places are better. New Haven's always had had, had good pop Warner, uh, uh, thanks to R Reggie at uh, uh, Latell and in in, uh, uh, in in New Haven and and uh, Bridgeport. Santiago talked about how prep coaches come and you know move in and take the top players away from them and that's a problem but i i just think co-ops uh co-opting those i know it's and you bring in derby just folded their season and it's it's a hard pill for the traditional schools to swallow but co-ops is yeah. it's just something of the future it already is of the present and it's going to be more and more I, I think that's a great idea. I, I, I would I would actually like to see it. A lot of people have said, imagine if you got all the best players and uh, in each of these uh, districts to uh, each of these cities to, to stay home and and uh, and play there. I mean, obviously, they're they're going out. Uh, I mean, I, I've had great players from some of the cities. There's no way I'm staying. You know, why would I stay if I'm going to get a, 
education at Avon Old Farms or something like that. Right. But, you know, but for the kids that, that don't maybe don't have that option or, you know, maybe not be at that level for them to all play and, and, and to excel. I think that's a great option. I mean, uh, I don't know what it, there's just too many of them. I mean, it's like what Harry was saying. There's too many. There's just too many schools. And, you know, it's almost like pointless to have a team uh, right. in that regard. Like, what do you the, 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 the talent is so diluted. You know, you're already up against it uh, and other things. So what is the point? And I think I think the CIC should really look at that. I don't know what you think. I mean, obviously. You yeah, I, I agree 100 percent that the, the just going strictly enrollment isn't the isn't the idea. Besides, these magnet schools and these these tech schools have large enrollments. I, I, I think the casual observer doesn't, you know, just thinks of the traditional schools and thinks they're huge, but they are not. And, uh, you know, you hear stories of like, you uh, not being able to get an entire team to uh, starters for practice at a game. Uh, and at Harding, uh, one of the kids missed the game because his brother got shot, you know, one of the starters. I mean, it's just a, there's a lot of stories and, and they're real. And so I, I don't see you, you can congregate some of those city schools. I think there's pride in that. That's not like putting them, you know, one city school with somebody that's 50 miles away or something, you know, you can get them closer there, but there's, there's all sorts of uh, uh, areas in the state. that are just screaming for more co-ops because otherwise we're just going to, you're just going to see more and more schools. It's bad. I mean, people, people got to look at there's like 15, 16 schools in, in, a, in the top eight cities and only Norwalk at five and two has a winning record right now. You know, you're looking at all sorts of O and sevens and one and sixes. And sometimes the only win they have is against each other. It's, right. it's, uh, it's when, when Bassick beat, uh, Bridgeport Central, and then Bassick went out and got crushed by a one-win Class S Griswold team that had lost like 110 to eight to some uh, some fellow Class S teams out here in the ECC. I mean, that just shows you kind of disparity. Yeah, it speaks to disparity. I mean, there I know there are going to be some people who are like, well, this this school still a school why can't we have our own team and and then this school Bridgeport Central why can't we you know it's a big school why can't they play and and I you know I just think the intangibles around I mean I would hate to see Hill House not have you know be Hill House Wilbur Cross you know but then you also have like other schools like career and or they don't have a, a team and you know they have all all I don't know it's just uh I I think the ones that can prove that they're viable should stay viable but the ones that just can't over time, maybe should really consider like, you know, maybe and the CIC should be at the forefront of this because they're screaming yeah. about making everybody, everybody equal, you know, trying to get an equal opportunity, which you're never going to fix. They're never going to fix that. They think they can. They're not going to fix it. These other schools are all going out to their camps. They're going to send their kids away. They're going to go out to these places. The city schools are not going to have, you're not going to, you're not going to bridge that gap. CIC. They think they can, but. I don't know. No. I, it, it, look, in Hartford, there's so many schools right now. They've taken themselves out of basketball powers, which I thought would be impossible. There's, yeah. there's so many teams, basketball teams now. They're not in, in the hunt for uh, for state championships. And there's all sorts of great players in Hartford yeah. in basketball. It's so very, it's, it, that, yeah. that there's just, there's various problems that that nothing's going to solve it at this point beyond I think co-ops. Well, it's a very interesting topic, and we'll we'll obviously have a lot to talk about that in uh, in future weeks and things like that. But obviously, that's a that's a problem we gotta we gotta we gotta figure out because it's you know you can't have their kids getting their heads kicked in every week. But Jeff, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you joining. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll see you next week, and uh, we'll see you on the Picks Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Only one thing.
Joining us now is the fourth year head coach, third season head coach, EJ Denunzio. Uh, joining us here from Wilton. Coach, how you doing? Congratulations. The the wicked witch is dead, coach. Right after <laughs> Halloween. It's perfect time. Uh congratulations. Hell of a hell of a job. Thanks so much. It was it was a great, it's been a great two weeks. It's been a great ride. Uh it's been a lot of fun. Did you have any inclination that this might be a team that we, we know we got you guys, Wilton's always had great athletes over the years. I mean, uh, but the football team just never could pull together. Did you have any inkling that maybe this team uh, could do it, even if you lost your, your first, you know, a couple games of the season? Well, well, to show you what a genius I am, you know, I said last year's team was my best team, I thought. And this year's team, once I saw the schedule, you know, I'm saying five and five, you know, might, might be a, a pretty good job. Um, little did I know, um, you know, with the schedule we had from North Haven to Notre Dame, West Haven, Darien, New Canaan, Ridgefield, the list goes on and on. Uh, I had no idea uh, how good, as you said, we have athletes, um, have athletes on offense, have athletes on defense. And it was just going to be how, how good were they going to play? How were they gonna gel? How were they going to bond as a team? And they have uh, surpassed my uh, wildest expectations. They've done a great job. You're sitting there uh, with versus Notre Dame West Haven on the road. And, and uh, I guess there was a comeback and they're going to go. If they go for two. They get it. They kind of like it, it must have been like, oh, God, here we go again. What do we got to do here? Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Notre Dame West Haven, I, I still kick myself for that one. We again, too many penalties. You know, I had to listen to Pete uh, on the last uh, grinder, you know, <laughs> basically go through all our penalties. And he's 100 percent right. Um, shot ourselves in the foot of West Haven. We have a touchdown call back. Uh, we jump on a punt for no reason and lose possession on our own 20. Uh, should have won the game. And listen, every coach could have, should have, could have, would have. But uh, should have won that game. Um, I was really most impressed with the North Haven game. Um, I was, listen, I hate their offense. Pain in the neck. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't know how we would play against them. And uh, so, yeah, so having a good win off, North, off of the North Haven game and then going up against Notre Dame West Haven, who their quarterback is phenomenal. The running back is great. They, they, got, they got a great team. Um, so the loss wasn't that demoralizing to me at all, but I thought it was something we could build on, and, and that's what we've tried to do. Take us through, uh, you know, what what did you see in the – well, I guess the, your next game was the Darien game, which was the one that kind of popped – everyone's eyes kind of popped out uh, seeing <laughs> that score. You know, you know, what did you see there? I mean, St. Joe couldn't score that many on them. I know. Uh, you know, and you guys are you – know, thirty. I'm sitting there at, at a brewery somewhere in – you know, where was I? I was in, uh, no, I was uh, in North Brantford somewhere. And I'm looking at the score. I'm like, is this right? Is this right? And it's like, here it is again. 30, now it's 36. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then uh, obviously they pulled away. But, you know, what did you guys see there? And what were you able to do to kind of put a fright into Darian? You, you know, I, I, I said it back when we were playing seven on seven in, in last year. Um, I knew we could score points this year. There was no doubt in my mind. Again, you talk about athletes. We have guys that can get our dudes the ball, and we have the dudes that can run once they get the ball. So I, I thought we would put up points against Darian. Listen, they're, they're a great football team. They're a great program. You know, that's what we strive to become. Um, but I did see some areas. My offensive coordinator, I thought Coach Herlin did a great job with preparation. Um, we thought we could hit certain spots here and there, which we did. Um, and unfortunately, the one thing I'm lacking this year is depth. Um, you know, I, 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 I've never played this few 
uh, amount of guys uh, since I've been here. Um, so that really took a toll. And I got to tell you, in the fourth quarter, it's 36-35, and all of a sudden, uh, my linebacker, Jake Sommer, goes to make a tackle, and I see him grab his side there, and I said, okay, I'm in trouble now. Um, and it was all downhill after that. Yeah. But uh, listen, for three quarters, we were in the game. Uh, and they pulled away late. Uh, certainly a, a gutsy effort from our guys. But again, uh, I told them after the game, listen, that's uh, we have to work um, next week. We have to get better again. We're, we're getting there. We're almost there. But you know what it is? In all honesty, you got to learn how to win those games. We have not learned how to win big games up until this year. You now, being close is no, no longer good enough. Um, so, uh, you know, two wins. Uh, two wins that were not expected by me at all in the beginning of the year, but uh, we're starting to learn uh, how to achieve that goal, how to win those games. Yeah. When did when did that change in this program? Because this is a program that's always been kind of there, uh, you know, championships in 78 and 85, and it's been a long time since then. You know, it was funny when you and I spoke after the New Canaan game, you're like, is this the first time we're meeting in person? And I'm like, uh, no, coach, I was at the Ridgefield game uh, the season before, and you're like, oh, that one doesn't count. Right. You know, when did – because – you know, you guys were leading that game. It was close to that game. Ritual came back and won it those years ago. But when did it change to like, all right, being close isn't good enough? Because you guys made the playoffs in, in 2019. Kind of a, a surprise. Uh, yeah, they backed you know, Everybody kind of rallied behind. We're like, oh, my God, Wilton's in the playoffs. Let's go. Yeah, it was the first um, time since like Tom Fujitani was there, right? It was like 98 or something crazy or seven yeah. or five. It actually, it was 95. It was, you guys it went was. to the state finals. And uh, and it was kind of like one of those things where like, wow, you know, you might somebody had to lose and you had to get in. It was one of those deals. But now it's like you're in the driver's seat. But go, but go ahead, Coach. Yeah, you know, it's a great question, uh, Pete. Um, you know, when I first got the job, um, I reached out to a buddy of mine in Westchester who's won about 10 state championships. And I said, listen, I'm coming into a program, it's, it's been in great hands. You know, Cunningham, Egan, Fujitani, these are great guys, great football, great football minds. I said, what do I need to get to the next level? I wasn't going to be satisfied being five and five, six and four, maybe seven and three. He gave me some great ideas. Um, I think the, the, it started for us, you know, in the weight room. Um, you know, Wilton's youth program has always been good, you know, and we're always banging up with New Canaan and Richfield and Darien. And you know, a lot of the youth guys are like, hey, you know, we won a championship three years in a row and then we get up to the varsity level. Yeah. And so my first focus was getting guys into the weight room, getting bigger and stronger um, every day. And we accomplished that. My first year was maybe nine to 12 kids in that weight room. Uh, my second year, we had about 20 to 25. And then, uh, you know, we're right around 30, 35 kids, uh, which is great. So it's, it's there. Um, it's also, listen, it's mentality. I, I told these kids, listen, you know, you got to believe. You got you to go home at night before the game and picture yourself winning a big game. Picture yourself running. Uh, for 80 yards for winning score. And I told them special people make special plays. That was our, that was our mantra. And uh, if you, you saw the new Canaan game, I got Jimmy Luce, who's uh, I gotta be honest. He's one of the soundest, most technical linemen you find my left tackle. Um, his dad was a tackle. He's going to play at college um, next year. And I had to throw him in on defense because I, 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 I lacked the depth. And he's in it for three plays and they run a screen and he's smart enough to feel the screen he starts to drop back. He throws his hand up and he gets deflected. My nose guard, Jackson Duncan, who plays very infrequently, goes and makes this diving catch that, you know, he looked like a wide receiver. He looked like Parker on a play. Um, so it's it's that kind of belief. It's that kind of belief in, their, in themselves, in their brothers, in their coaching staff, 
you know, I, I'm a firm believer in mentality. You know, you, you believe you can do something, you can do it. And I think that's where we're, we're getting to. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's paying off. It's great. Yeah. You guys, a lot of different guys are stepping up. Obviously you mentioned Lucy and, and <clears throat> Duncan makes the play in the new Canaan game. Obviously Michael Cooper comes through, kicks his first two field goals of his high school career in his first year playing football at Dunning, um, at Dunning in New Canaan, which is hard to play and whatever. He just drills it to win. It gets iced two times by one of the greatest coaches in Connecticut history. And he's just not even phased, you know, Masterson steps up, Woodring steps up, Summer steps. Up. I mean, there are so many guys, Heasy, Heisey, whatever, how you pronounce it. There's like a thousand of them. Um, you know, you get all these different guys are stepping up. What's the chemistry? What's the attitude on this team? Like, do they actually like each other? Because it seems like they do. Yeah, you know what it is, Pete? It's, <clears throat> it's a group of guys that are very even keeled. Um, you know, when they lost that Notre Dame West Haven game, we actually got a, I got a phone call from a parent from Notre Dame West Haven who said, uh, you know, coach, I just want to let you know that the way your kids handled that loss, you know, they had just had two tough losses in a row, Brantford and the other one. Um, and their kids were destroyed. He said the way your kids acted after that game was was really was great. And, and he was right. Um, we, you know, I hate to say we don't get too high. We were pretty high after Richfield and okay. <laughs> Off the loss, you know, we were pretty even keeled. We knew that, you know, we had a good football team at that point, and we just needed to execute. Um, kids love one another. The senior class is very tight. Um, the sophomores, I, you know, I, I have a I have a sophomore playing defensive end, a junior playing defensive end. I mean, the sophomore, with the Uranies, didn't play football since uh, youth football in eighth grade. I covered a punt before now, and I, now he's, he's a varsity football player. So it's it's good chemistry. Uh, it's a great bunch of kids. You know, sometimes I always tell people I'd rather be 0-10 with a great bunch of kids than be 10-0 with a bunch of guys you don't love and, and like. Uh, these guys are extremely lovable, um, and, they, and they love one another, so it's, it shows. Well, I haven't seen you yet, Coach, so, you know, you got to give Pete Senior. He knows all about it, but, you know, and he comes back, and he's last week on the podcast. He's like, Parker Woodring is legit. Like, I heard a lot about him, and, you know, usually when I hear some guys legit, I'm like, ah, you know, we'll see. But so far, man, I, it sounds like he's great. And then obviously someone had to remind me that Grant Masterson was the one who uh, scored the uh, scored the winning goal in the in the in the, in the lacrosse final. Sorry, the lacrosse uh, FCAC playoffs. And uh, so, I mean, th- th- these are two guys, and I hear that they're just really kind of on a on another level together right now. They are, and and, and they're they're great friends. Uh, they got a great chemistry going. Um, you know. What I'll say about Parker was <clears throat> he played some seven on su- seven in the summer against some really uh, some top top notch athletes and got some really good recognition. Um, but his first three games didn't really stand out. Um, you know, I had a decent game here and there. So going into the Darien game, was, you know, kind of my turn to ruffle his feathers a little bit. And I got in his face and I said, listen, <clears throat> you want to show the state of Connecticut how good of a football player you are. You're going to guard uh, Dominicus kid all over the field. All right. That's your job. And I'll tell you, for three quarters, we all know how good Dominicus kid is as a receiver. Oh, yeah. He bottled him up. Um, he got beat on the one play where he slipped in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, the, basically, the ever since that right, game, yeah. yeah, ever since that game, he has stepped it up. He makes catches that, you know, you know, the, the pick he had on the sideline there was just as good as the diving catch he made. Uh, receiving it so i was gonna I say, say i think nothing. the diving catch on the on the tu- on the drive where you know grant scored to give you guys the lead like that was a 
I don't want to say an NFL type catch, but I mean, the way he turned his body dove back, like, and then the pick was amazing. And like, you don't expect that ball to be picked off. And Pete, you said it. Listen, it wasn't it wasn't just the catch. It was the turn at the end of the catch yeah. so that it wouldn't hit the ground or bobble. Uh, and, and listen, go, let's go back to Masterson. Masterson has a has a cut on his hand, probably needed stitches, bleeding all over the place, has to come out for a play. Oh, um, snap. My backup <laughs> quarterback runs in the game. Great kid, Andrew Costarello. He's going to be a good quarterback next year for us. Um, he bobbles a snap. And I look over at our trainers who have done a – monumental job this year, keeping our guys healthy. And I go, guys, he, he needs to get back in there. And they taped him up and he goes, Kit, you, you talk about warrior. Grant Masterson is the definition of a warrior. No doubt. Yeah. He's going he, he army. Sling it. So, you know, oh, you play, he can, play hey, listen, he can run it too. He can yeah. Run. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are laughing. People, you know, no, he's going to lacrosse. He's playing army. And I remember all the army guys are all over that play. Uh, on Twitter when he, when he scored the, uh, the yeah. cross play, but, uh, but yeah, obviously he's got to be a special kid to go there. And, uh, yeah, yeah. certainly that one of that guys. And uh, I mean, what's, what about Parker? What's his situation? Uh, Parker committed to Cornell. Oh, um, and as I said, he, he had a lot of people knocking on his door. Uh, his dad was a heck of a player. I believe he also went to Cornell, uh, Jeff. Um, I listen, I knew the kid had all the tools. It was just a matter of time. Uh, and it, it's funny. Here's a kid who played soccer in ninth grade. And uh, I was begging this kid to come out for me. Like, listen, right? So I have to go through the hallways. I hand out my card. Uh, I'm trying to recruit wherever I can. And I see this kid. He's a specimen. I'm like, dude, you play I'm nothing against soccer, but, you know, have you ever played football? He goes, oh, I played it in youth. And I, I, I said, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I'll see. And about a month or two later, I get a phone call from his dad. I just want to let you know my son's hanging up his soccer cleats to play football. Well, yeah. Attaboy. I made my day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean that's Wilton. You know, Wilton is it's a soccer. It's a has great soccer program, boys lacrosse. and girls. Lacrosse. Yes. Their baseball team is really good too. Yeah. Won a couple SEAC titles uh, in the last like seven years. Like football was always there, obviously. But that you know, it looks you look across the SEAC and you see a Grant Masterson. You're like, wow, he might be the best quarterback in the SEAC. He's going to Army to play lacrosse. You know, like when Mark Ivanchik broke the all-time sack record, everyone's like, where is he going to, to play football? And they're like, ah, he's going to Princeton to play lacrosse. <laughs> true. Absolutely true. Didn't he go to Penn, right? Penn, yeah, Penn, not yeah, Princeton. Right, Penn. <laughs> yeah, don't get those. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. But, I mean, you know, Saturday, Ridgefield, um, you know, haven't won against them since 93. I was talking to Kai, uh, Kevin after the game, Heisey. You know, he's had brothers play. There's a lot. There's a Calabrese on this team. There's a lot of um, family members who have played in this program. And, you know, after you get the new Canaan one, you're like, first time since 95. Like, there's no way we're going to do it again. And then you do and you break a streak that was longer. What was the, you know, message all week with the team heading into Ridgefield? Like, hey, we already did this. So we, we can do this again, right? right? That's a lot of pressure because that usually I've seen good Ridgefield. I'm sorry, good Wilton teams go in there. And they just completely fall apart, you know, or something happens and they all just kind of deflate. But yeah, well, what was the key to keeping their spirits up and keeping them focused on closing that game out? Yeah, well, I mean, during the week, I had spoken to both my my coaches here, Coach Cunningham and Coach Egan, telling me more stories about, oh, back in you know 2014 or 2011, we had them humbled and all the stories. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, my concern was, you know, I... I I try to motivate as much as I can during the week, but I 
I give them a little something right before the game. I'll give them a story or whatever. But I'm running out of material. Right? I'm, I'm listening. The biggest game in the history of Wilton is Darien. We're playing another team in the state. And, you know, we come up short. Now, next week, I have New Canaan. Hey, biggest game in the history of Wilton High School. You know, I'm no New Rockney. So I'm like, what am I going to give them for the Richfield game? And uh, all I did was I read him an email uh, from an alumni who sent me uh, an email. Uh, he was from the last team that beat New Canaan. And, uh, you know, he said, watch the New Canaan game with, with a tear in his eye. And uh, he just said, make sure the kids understand what an opportunity this is against Richfield. Uh, it's a great rivalry. I couldn't get it done. I lost to them at Tiger Hollow by, uh, they lost by seven. Um, and I just read him the email. And I said, go make history. Uh, you guys will be legends. You know, you'll always be remembered for the team that broke the street. And uh, that's all I had for him. Um, it was tough during the week. You know, I tried to keep it light the first part of the week and then I had to get to business. I actually had him in pads even on Friday uh, just to keep him on point. Um, so, yeah, it was difficult to keep the, the level where it was. And now, listen, I, I got to be honest, I got three games left. Mm. Um, I have uh, I have Ward, I have Norfolk, I have Pomperog. And uh, we cannot, you know, we cannot let any of those games, uh, we can't take any of them lightly. And listen, we all know how good Norwalk is. So um, I got to get by Ward first, who always gives us a tough game. And then I'll worry about Norwalk. But they got, uh, as we know, the best, one of the best running backs in the state. Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't know, you know, Cam Edwards, he wears number one. Just keep an eye on him. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Thank you. <laughs> Coach, coach, give me a, give me a little background on you. Um, on you know, uh, tell me about how you ended up at uh, Wilton and uh, you know where you know where you come from and and uh, you know just give us a little yeah. background here. Sure, listen, I, I I was waiting for that question. You know. um, Sorry, I tell no, I love it. You know, I tell my kids uh, all the time. So <clears throat> I've been coaching down in Westchester for a couple of years, and then uh, met my wife, and she's like, okay, now you need to grow up and get a real job. So I go out into the business world. And I'm working and I was in a business world for about 23 years. <clears throat> and uh, when I turned 40, I said to my wife, listen, when I turn 50. I want to go back to coaching. I said, I don't care what I have to do, but I want to go back coaching. And she said, well, we'll see about that. And uh, so the day of my 50th uh, birthday, I rolled over. I said, listen, I'm coaching. She goes, okay. So uh, I apply. The first, the first school I applied to is Basic. Now I'm a Westchester guy. Yeah. Don't know much about Connecticut. So I go to Basic, and basically the guy's like, oh, I can make you the offensive coordinator. And, and you know, it was pretty appealing because they, they have had some struggle years, but it was just too far. I didn't want to make the commute. So the next one, I come to Wilton High School, and I, I meet with Coach Cunningham, and uh, you know, I respond to an assistant varsity uh, coach. I give him my background. I told him I've been out of the game. I need to get you know, my feet wet again. But <clears throat> over those 25 years, I'm the guy that watches, you know, Nevada play UNLV at at midnight, and I'm, I'm writing down plays on my on my napkin, you know. Um, so Cunningham gives me the opportunity, and I'm, I'm actually coaching at the freshman level as an assistant. But as I tell my kids, it doesn't matter what you do in life. You do it 100%. You do it to the best of your ability. And that's what I did. You know, I coached my tail off. Um, I watched more film as a freshman coach than most do. Um, and I had a great time. But I will tell you, halfway through the season, Again, I have a conversation with my wife, and I tell her that I'm not sure if I can stay at Wilton. She goes, what, are you kidding me? She goes, you love the kids? You love being back coaching? I said, yeah, but you know what? Guy Cunningham is a young, he's a young guy. He's going to be there for a while. 
His assistant coach, Dan Farina, he's like in his 20s. I'm never going to be a coach at Wilton. I want to be a coach. He said, well, you think about it and you decide what you want to do. But I know you love that school and you love that, that those kids. And sure enough, I stayed. Don't you know, uh, Coach Cunningham resides the following year. Coach Farina goes on to New Canaan and none of the other coaches really were interested. So I threw my hat in a ring and there were about six other applicants. And uh, lo and behold, I get the job. Um, Thanks to my athletic director who had who had a, a belief in me, um, Chris McDougal. So uh, it's been great ever since. I absolutely love this school. I love the kids. I love the community. And uh, I, listen, I'm not working for a living. I'm doing what I love. And, uh, and you know, I'll tell you, you know, I know you said to me after the game, I'm called me an animated coach. I was animated before uh, COVID. But when COVID hit last year, all my guys didn't get an opportunity to play when I thought we had a really good team. I said to myself, you know what? You know, who knows what tomorrow brings? This may be the last time I'm on a football field. So no. I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. Um, yeah. So I, I coach that way. I coach practice that way. I'm running up and down. The kids, I think, they get a little bit energized from that. Um, so that, that that's me, and I'm going to be that way until I'm no longer coaching. So that's you know, I, I got such a kick out of you dancing in the middle of the, uh, <laughs> of the circle at the end of the game. Like, usually coaches are in the middle. You're sitting there jumping. It was like you were at a rave. It was – it was electric. Uh, it was. It was. One of the one of the things I think of the, the unintended and maybe like the, the consolation you get out of the whole COVID mess and not playing last year was that a lot of people kind of appreciated it a little bit more. I think that I think that was a really important thing. I think you hit the nail on the head there, coach. A lot of kids that I've bumped into or, or coaches are just like, I'm just glad to be playing. We're just glad to be out there. The wins and losses don't really mean as much as I mean, they do mean something. But uh, I think that's a, been kind of an unintended thing. I missed it hell a lot last year, too. So, um, but, you know, you mentioned your, the, your remaining schedule and, you know, I'm looking at the class L standings. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, just first of all, you, you were the first coach to get in there since since uh, uh, two years ago, since uh, since Fujitani, which is already a <laughs> legendary status. And then uh, now you're on the cusp again. You got to win three more and then maybe hopefully everything breaks right. But, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a fun rest of the season, though. Uh, about that Pompro game, you guys got to get a, a Thanksgiving Day rival. I mean, what, what's the story there? We're going to get Richfield uh, there. I know they're locked in with Danbury, but I heard they're rumblings. I think they want to play you. And, you know, Wilton's been without a Thanksgiving rival. I mean, that's the only thing really that's missing now. I know Pompro doesn't have one either, but. No, uh, listen, you, you hit the nail on the head since I got here, I've. I've been pushing. Listen, the Richfield game is, is a great game. Um, I've heard about it before I got here. Um, and every time that we're in it, 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 it's a lot of fun. Listen, we're next door neighbors. It should be Thanksgiving Day. There's got to be a way we can come up with a, a solution, whether you know, Greenwich goes plays Brunswick, and then we move a few other games around. Where we yeah. could play uh, We could play Richfield. That'd be fantastic. But um, you know, as of right now, we don't, we don't play. <laughs> We don't play on Thanksgiving. We're, well, we're playing Friday night before. So, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, for me, it's my whole thing is I'm trying to get the alumni back involved with Wilton. I'm trying to get some of the guys that, you know, I played 15, 20, 25 years ago back into this program. And that's one of the ways you do it. Everybody comes in on Thanksgiving, they play their little turkey game uh, in the afternoon, but they come to see our game in the morning. Uh, but you're 100% right. We need that. Um, and I hope we can get it back, uh, yeah. whether it's Richfield or somebody else, but we need to get it back. I think Richfield is the natural. I mean, I know there's no juice in Richfield, Danbury. I know they're neighbors too, but I think Will, I don't know what happened because we were, we were mix, mixing them. They were playing, Danbury was playing Greenwich back in 03 or 02, which was weird. 
And but Ridgefield was playing Wilton. They were playing Wilton on Thanksgiving for like three or four years. And then all of a sudden they did the whole realignment. Ludlow split from Ward. And, and that was the whole mess there. And I don't know. I, I don't know why they said, you know, we're going to have. I remember thinking, well, Danbury Ridgefield sounds like a good idea, too. But then again, I was really young. I didn't know like that was like, you know, blasphemy. But, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to work it yet. If you lose one rivalry, you have to kind of go down the like a domino thing. Yeah. You got to find yeah. someone else one and so on and so forth. But yep, you're right. But anyway, but you guys got a really interesting. I mean, you know, you got Norwalk and I think you get Norwalk and you get the other two in the. You see what happens and away we go. And I think you look at the class L standings. I mean, you've been in there with all these other games. I know St. Joe is sitting there, but I'm sure you guys are pretty confident. You could probably hang with them too. Yeah, listen, it is it is a very confident group. You know, um, we always talk about respecting every opponent we play. That's you know, we don't fear anybody, but we certainly respect everyone. Um, and then, you know, they saw the Darien St. Joe score, but listen, uh, I know St. Joe's was banged up. That wasn't a true representation of that team. Uh, you know, any, any, any team coached by Joe D is going to give you a battle. Um, but yeah, we, we're confident. We, 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 we think we can, we can hang with anybody. Um, and listen, class L is a, is a real good league this year. And it's, you know, you compare double L to L. I don't know how much of a difference there is this year. Um, I, I forgot coach that you play. That was the team you played in the playoffs two years ago. Completely yeah. forgot oh, about yeah. that. Again, so you guys not unfamiliar. That. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going like this. Hey, congratulations. Will you made the playoffs. <laughs> right. Oh, right. consolation is you play St. Joe's, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad. But you know, hey, hey, you never know. The second time around, now we're in a pandemic, post-pandemic season. It's like anybody's ball game. I would not be surprised to see anything like that. So, if anybody says they know what they're doing, they know what they're talking about. They're lying, lying. because this has just been absurd. And even I'm going to bring this up. Wake Forest is in the top ten. Former Wilton. Offensive lineman, first teamer for us, Matt Goblin. Yes. Hey, look Golden. at that. So, yeah, so I saw I that Wake Forest in the top I will 10. Tell you, he, and and Rondell Bothroyd. Hey. Yeah. He sent me a text. Um, it had to be, I don't know, 7 o'clock at night. And he said, Coach, I ran off the field at Duke. I ran to my phone to see how you did. Congrats. I mean, and that, that's what it's all about. You know? um, I, I got to tell you, that one of the things I'm most proud of here is I, I think we were at nine or ten guys right now playing at the next level, it's division one, two or three. And I got, you know, I try to keep track of them all. Uh, but that's, you know, football in the FCAC is the real deal. And I don't care what anybody says. This is a good conference, great league. Um, and, uh, you know, you turn on any game on a Saturday, there's somebody from the FCAC playing it. So it's, just, mm-hmm. it, listen, it's a privilege to play in it. It's a privilege to coach against, as you call them, the legend of, of Marinelli. And the list goes on and on. Um, it's just a whole lot of fun. This year has been great. I mean, how many games have gone to the wire? It's been a it's lot. Yeah. You guys are a big I, part I was of that, si- obviously. I was sitting thinking, I was talking to our photographer when Ridgefield was moving down the field, and you told me after the game that you were thinking about running in and playing corner. Um, <laughs> you know, I was saying to the photographer, he's like, so how does overtime work? I'm like, well, I go, this is how it works. But I go, the way this year has been going, like if Ridgefield does score, I think they might just go for two. Yeah. I don't know. Like it just, we've seen that so much this year. You know, teams not even risking going overtime, trying to get the win now. Or, I mean, it didn't get there, but I was sitting there and I'm like trying to figure it out. I'm like, will they go for it? I don't know. I was, and that was a great play uh, by Wiseman at the end. It's a, you know, that was, it was just a wild game. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Wiseman, listen, Wiseman, you know, had a touchdown that 
through it went through his hands. And I said to him after the play, I said, listen, next play, dude, it's okay. You know, make me play later in the game. And sure enough, he did. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> he, was, he was wide open on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, I started my run down the sideline, but I had to cut it short. <laughs> I don't know if that's unfortunate or a good thing for me. <laughs> so coach, you got, like I said, we got to, you got to, you know, one more month here, maybe hopefully cross your fingers, win those games and get in there. And uh, maybe we'll get that, that state show rematch. I don't know. We'll see, but hopefully on the opposite side that's of the great. bracket, that'd be great. We appreciate you coming on. You guys are playing amazing. And uh, I can't wait to see you in person. I got to find it. Maybe I'll go to Norwalk. I don't know. I, that's, that's next week, not this week, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. maybe I'll figure listen, it out. I, 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 listen, I met my one idol on Saturday. Now I got to meet you one day. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, I, stop. I, I told, I told stop. Pete I've been waiting to meet Grinder for three years, and I can't tell you how thrilled I am. All right. Um, you guys do a great – listen, my kids get out to the bus, win or lose. First thing they do is they go social media. Yeah. You know, what, what, what is Pete saying? What is uh, yeah. SPB saying about us? So oh, we yeah. really appreciate You do a great job for the kids. Oh. You do a great job for high school football. Um, hey, listen, it's a great sport. I, I hope kids keep coming out and playing it. You know, the concussion, whole concussion thing really took took its toll. But uh, to me, it's the greatest sport in the world. Um, kids learn lifelong lessons playing it. Um, and all the kudos to you guys for covering it the way you do. And you, and you do it well. And I, I, I appreciate well, it. Coach, it's all because you guys make it fun. So thank you. We appreciate That's exactly it. it. Exactly. You, it. Know, you go in there and the get your doors blown fun. off by New Canaan and, and Ridgefield. It's the same old thing. That's not fun. This is fun. So, <laughs> yes. you know, that's what we're in this for. We're in for the upsets <laughs> and the big, crazy scores and kids running yeah. their phones. It's not an upset what, anymore, what though. What kind of weight they're making in the state playoffs. So it's not going to be an upset anymore. Yeah. Wilton winning these games. Not a surprise. Yeah, well, anymore. once you get in there, now it's now you become the other team now you become Cinderella. you see yourself become the villain if you yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right coach we appreciate you joining thank us here on the so beat thanks for joining us and uh good luck the rest of the way we'll see you soon thanks guys so pete ej nuncio wilton playing great but long way to go i hope they get in i think they deserve to get in they're certainly one of the better teams in class l but as we've mentioned before, nothing is guaranteed unless you're St. Joseph in that division. Yeah, I, you know, I just remember my first couple of years of doing this and, and you know, kind of following along of like, who is good? You know, you always just assume the team that was good would, you know, be in the playoffs and the teams that weren't aren't in the playoffs. And I remember one year Ridgefield went seven and three. And... I think Kyle Brennan was the only one who voted them in the poll. And everyone's like, wow, how's Richfield getting votes for seven to three? And he was like, they lost to Greenwich, New Canaan and Darien. <laughs> like it was something like that. It was something crazy like that. I think it was 2015. Yeah. And it was such an, I, yeah, they went seven and two. I'm sorry. And their losses were to new, an eight win New Canaan and an eight win Trinity Catholic who both made the playoffs and both went deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next year, obviously they went seven and three and went to the finals. They beat West Haven in the first round in 2016. Right. So, unfortunately, the way the system is set up, there are going to be good teams on the outside looking in that are better than teams that are ahead. Because, and it's the same thing we bring up all the time, the schedules are not the same for everybody. Therefore, one team's playing for one thing, the other team's playing for everything. But right. at the end of the day, they're in the same point system, which is crap. Which is crap. Um, yes, which is 100% crap. So, you know, it, it's... 
going to be interesting when we get down to it and maybe a team like Wilton, and I'm not saying it's going to happen to them, but there could be a chance that Wilton, you know, goes eight and two and is at home watching with wins against New Canaan and Ridgefield, you know, and their losses coming to Darien and Notre Dame. Like that's a good team, but if they're eight and two and the way they can't control the things that are going on around them, where they could be on the outside looking in. And we're going to be sitting here being like, Wilton's the number seven team in the state. They have wins against New Canaan. They beat Ridgefield. They had probably the best season since Tom Fujitani was the head coach. And they're not even going to have a chance to compete for a state title. How many class L teams does Wilton have on its schedule? Class L teams on Wilton's schedule. Off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, they have zero. They have one. They have Pomperon. They have so they have one pop wrong. Okay. That wasn't oh. off the top of your head, but all right. They, ha- they got <laughs> McMahon double L. Okay. Not great, but whatever. Ludlow. Okay. Double L North Haven is an M. They have that. They have new Canaan double L six wins and Ridgefield double L four wins. And then they have Darian. They lost to, and they lost to Notre Dame as an M. Uh, that just, it's just, and then they also have ward left at double L Norwalk double L and obviously Pomper L Meanwhile, on the other side of that, you have Massick. Sorry, yeah, you know, Massick has a bunch of double, a bunch of L teams. Benell, Stratford, Hillhouse, New Milford. So they're playing an L schedule. You even lost a hand, which is an L. Then you jump over to hand. Hand schedule, they beat Massick, L. Sheehan, an S. East Lyme, an L. And Benell, an L. So the Alliance did trying to help hand out by giving them some L schools. And then you have... Their losses are to Fairfield Prep, double L, New Canaan, double L, and Shelton, double L, all ranked teams. And, uh, you know, talk about teams that might get left home that are really good. Hand, mm-hmm. as, as Benell found out, Hand is one of them. The, the, this point struck, my point is this. It needs to be, like, unified here. We need to figure out, you know, teams that need, that you need to figure something out. This isn't. Well, look at, like, look at Woodstock. Woodstock's sitting at 19th in the, in the L standings. They're five and two. Yeah. Their wins are against one, two, three, four class S schools, one class M school, and their losses are to a double L and an L. And they have two S's and an M left. Yeah, they're competing for a spot with a team like, you know, Massick, who's playing a bunch of L schools. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just, we could do a whole show on this. We could do an all show and we're not going to, though. Well, we'll just briefly look, take a look at the other ones quickly. Killingly, six and O and M. You know, Rockville, Rockville, your boys. Let's go. Marching up the standings. Avon's got a big one with Brantford this week. That's one to look out for. Uh, there are three, four in that standings. Granby Canton's kind of falling back a little bit. They get Valley, and they have some winnable games here. But then they also have uh, Coggenshog, and it's, it's going to be a really a big one on the 19th in Class M. Plainville, I was shocked at. Losing to Ram, which was struggling. And uh, they've fallen back a bit, opening up the bracket. Coggenshaw with it, also having a little bit of a struggle here. Rockville beating them up. Ellington, I was shocked at falling to Gilbert Northwestern. Who is he? Falling to them. They dropped down to eighth. And you have Torrington, Law, Barlow, Notre Dame, West Haven, which despite the loss, hopefully Picota comes back. They got Xavier, Hand, and Hamden left. They win all those three. I guarantee they're in the playoffs. So very interesting with M. And it's. it's- but you, it's so – look at Jonathan Law sitting there at the 10. That's an SEC school in Class M who has a double L 
and they have two M's left, but they've played L's. They're playing double L's. And it's like, what yeah, are we doing? Like th- some teams have a hard road and some teams don't. And the point systems don't do anything with that. It no. Nope. And the, you, and we need less math, not more. Right. We don't Especially need for math. Us. enough math. We need to let the kids play on the field and win it on the field. You want to win it yeah, down with math. Let's stop teaching math in school. No, no, no. Is that no, not what we're no, talking no, no, about? No, no. no, no. <laughs> Keep teaching math. Keep teaching math, but let's not need it for playoffs. Football is supposed to be a diversion from that. Anyway, and finally, Class S, before we get out of here, Bloomfield 7-0, Ansonia 8-0 with the Derby forfeit now. Cromwell, Portland 6-0. New Fairfield, Seymour, Morgan, Notre Dame, Fairfield. Those are your one-loss teams up to seventh. Notre Dame, Fairfield, and New Fairfield, a big game, especially for the Lancers to prove that they're for real. But uh, that'll be an interesting one. New Fairfield. But then you know, look obviously- at nine. We have Sheehan, who has a yeah, double L and an L school. Two winnable games. How many points is Sheehan going to get? It's going to be a lot. Yeah. They're going to they're catapult some one-loss teams. Holy Cross and Seymour is going to end up being a big game in uh, in uh, in a couple weeks. And then Woodland's obviously playing at Sonia this week. They also face Naugatuck and Seymour Woodland. So it could be, you know, curtains for them. And then Rocky Hill still hanging in there. Stafford, your boys, Ledger's falling off a bit. They need to win quickly, and they're probably not going to get a lot of points. So uh, that's what it looks like. Uh, I'm liking my boys from Morgan's chances, by the way, uh, to win out and get into this whole thing. So there you go, Drew. Anyway, so that's a blow. <laughs> There's so much stuff. We got a lot to talk about later on. We got we got a lot of playoff stuff to consider. Uh, you know, you got Shelton and Prep this week, and you got Maloney and Hall. It's going to be a nice uh, start to November here as we uh, head down the stretch of the 2021 high school football season. So, Pete, that'll do it, huh? For you? Yeah, I think that was a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> this, one was a, this one was a grind. Okay. For people, I'm Sean Patrick Bully. Let's get the heck out of here. This has been the Meatball Grinder on Game Time. Love you. Thank <laughs> you.